Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, you guys. This is Arthur Pirelli Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I'm broadcasting live on my my um podcast page. I pray you guys um, come on into the room. Today, we're going to be talking about something that the Lord has put on my heart. According to your faith, according to your faith, Jesus would also always tell them, um, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Right? He said, it's according to your faith. Believe that you receive when you pray. You know, believe that you receive. You guys remember to come on over to my Facebook live. I'm doing a rhema read of the God's word, line upon line, precept upon precept. Every morning at 6.45 a.m. on my Facebook page, Rap Time Martin. If you can't get in, please hit that follow button on the top. And so um, you'll still receive notifications. Also, join me over here on my YouTube page at Gene Martin 1681 You guys like and subscribe over here because I'll be on Facebook Live also. Um, right now, we're getting ready. Um, we're getting ready to talk about according to your faith. According to your faith, Jesus would always tell them, according to your faith, let it be done unto you according to your faith. Thank you, Lord. We're going to just go through, through the word of the Lord um, because the word of the Lord, the word of God is the power of God under salvation. We know this, right? So we're going to just go on through here and just discuss some of it. Um, we're going to start, Father, first of all, Lord, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you, we honor you, we reference you, we submit ourselves, we bow down before you and say, Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Messiah. He is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And Father, we acknowledge you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in the midst of us. Father, you said we're two or three are joined together. There you are right here in the midst of us, amongst us, Father God, lead God, direct me. As I open my mouth, Father God, reveal to us your rhema word. As we hunger, you said when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, Father, that you would fill us. We thank you for filling us, Lord God, giving us faith to receive, giving us faith to believe so we can have faith to receive the rhema word, your word, Father. We add our faith to your word. We say we believe you, Lord. We say we love you, Lord. We say we trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we say that your word will not return unto you, Lord, but it will accomplish those things when it has been sent. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We're going to start with Matthews 9, 29. It says in their eyes, uh, then he told he touched her eyes, saying, "According to your faith, be it done to you." Um, Matthew's nine twenty nine. We're just gonna take some scriptures here. Let's see Matthew's nine twenty nine. Matthew's nine twenty nine. Let's go look it up. See exactly so we can get more of the story. Nine and twenty nine. I think I'm gonna do a. Um, I'm gonna do something with this. Matthew's nine twenty nine. Okay. Let's read it. Let's read it. After Jesus entered the house, the blind men came. The blind men came to him. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? He asked. Yes, Lord, they answered. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, will it be done to you? And their eyes were open. 
Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one finds out about this because it wasn't his time yet, right? But what I want to touch on here is Matthew 9, 29, where the word of the Lord says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Let me see NLT version. He says, then he touched her eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. Thank you, Lord. He said, because of your faith, it will happen. He said, because of your faith. Listen here. You guys remember that life and death is in the power of our words. And, and when we're blessings and curses, they shouldn't be coming out, but they do. Remember that we're framing our world with our words. So we are speaking spirits. And anything that you release in faith, you will see it. So be slow to speak and quick to hear. Make sure that what you're saying is what God is saying. Because when we're saying what God is saying, then we're speaking a blessing. But when we're not saying what God is saying, then we're releasing a cursing. All right. Um, blessings and curses should not come out the same fountain. The word of the Lord says that life and death is in the power of the tongue and that we will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, we're going to eat our words. We're having what we're saying. We're framing our world with our words. So we want to be slow to speak. And then when it happened, we say, see, I told you, we need to use our words to reverse the curse. And, um, you know, and the Lord does warn us also. So when he warns us, give us a word of warning, we need to heed because wisdom does cry out, right? You know, we read the book of Proverbs. Um, wisdom will cry out. But if we ignore wisdom in the day of our calamity, it will come back and mock us. And the first voice we're going to hear is the voice of wisdom where that person was crying out saying, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do, don't do this. Don't do that. Wisdom was crying out. Wisdom was crying out. Let's go to Matthew 15, 28. It says, then Jesus answered her, oh woman, he said, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. I'm just reading um, small parts of um uh, according to your faith, because I want us to, I'm trying, I want us to understand the Lord wants us, the Lord wants us to understand that we must believe that we receive when we pray. Everything is according to our faith. See, the work is already finished and it's already done. So if the word is not manifesting, it's never on Christ's end because it's already finished and it's already done. He said, according to your faith. So my prayer is, Lord, uh, show me my heart. You know, show me what's in me. Is there any buts? If, if, is there any if, ands, and buts about me? Show me what's in me. Show me whatever it is. If, if there's something in me that's hindering and keeping your word from coming forth, keeping your word from manifesting, show me what's in me. You know what? Um, when Jesus, um, the man who had been paralyzed for, what was it, 38 years, and he was laying outside the pool, Jesus came to him and said, um, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be? 
Uh, that was just a yes or no answer, but he was so stuck in his story because he had grown in submission to his condition. Make sure that you don't become stuck in your story because you have grown in submission to your condition because when we get stuck in our story, it hinders our faith. It keeps us from believing what the word of God say because we go into this field and we start telling the story of why we're here where we're at. See, the reason I'm hurt is because this happened and they did this and they did that. That was 30 years ago. But we're still stuck in the story. As long as we're, it's kind of like the children of Israel that were stuck wandering in the wilderness. Excuse me. They were stuck wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. It was an 11-day journey, but the reason they could not move from the place that they was in, the reason some of you can't receive your inner healing is because you're so stuck holding on to the past. We hear the word, we shout about the word, but then in the end, we're still telling that same story. This is why I'm hurting. This is why I'm like this. This is because they did this to me. 20, listen, Ephesians 6 and 12. When we understand the fight, we won't take it personal. We won't take on the offense. When we understand the fight, we won't take on the offense. We, when we understand Ephesians 6 and 12, when we get a revelation that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood people, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness, when we understand the fight, we won't take on the offense. So Matthew 15, 28 says, Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Let's see. Let's go into details on this story. Matthew 15, 28. Let's go there. Matthews 15, 28. Let's get the whole part of the whole story. Okay. 15, 28. Matthews 15 and 28. 15, 28. Matthews 15, 28. What is he saying? Hold on one second. Let me put it in here. Matthews 15 and verse 28. Okay. Let's go with the... Um, I like the NLT version, but it should. We're going to do the new King James version. Matthews 15, 28. It says that we probably going to go up to 27. Matthews 15, 27. Let's see what the word of the Lord is saying. Hold on a minute. Matthews 15. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I dropped on for a second, for a minute, for a moment, because I wanted to ask the question, what does it mean to backslide? And what is it that causes us to backslide? And how do you know if you're backslidden, Right? To, to backslide is to slide away from the Lord. Is to uh, when our relationship with the Lord begins to grow cold, when our fire for God begins to die out, when we begin to lose our hunger and our thirst. Hold on one second, guys. For God, that's when we begin to to. Uh, that's when we begin to backslide away from God. Hold on one second. One second, one minute, one moment. Let me put this on my um, 
YouTube Live. I'm on my um, podcast right now. This is Arthur Pearly Martin, Biblical Principles for for Inner Healing. I think, um, what does it mean to backslide? That's, that's what I'm entitling this. What does it mean to backslide? Thank you, Lord. Let's get some clarification on this. Give me one second, one moment, please. Ask the question. What does it mean to backslide? Um, you know, because we can be going to church and we can still be going through all the motions and saying all the right scriptures and doing all the right uh, things on the outside and still um, being backslidden. So let's talk about this for a second, for a minute, for a moment. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm dropping in to ask the question. What does it mean to backslide? I'm asking the question, what does it mean to backslide? How do you know if you have, if you're, when you're, when our relationship with the Lord begins to grow cold, that's how we know that we have backslidden. When our relation, when our fire die out, because right, like right now, my, my oven is, is cold. The reason uh, um, we have a gas stove or what, until we turn the power on, it's going to be cold. And so when we're, when, the longer we stay away from the word of God, as long as we stay away from the things of God, the further we begin to stray away from God, right? How do we know if we have backslidden? How do we know? When our love relationship has grown cold. But the good news is that the word of the Lord tells us and teaches us that he's married to the backslider, right? The story of Hosanna is, he says, listen, go out and find your prostitute and bring her back home to me. And um, this is, this is he, he calls us adulterer. He causes us adulterers when we turn to other gods, when we start straying away from him and running after other things. You say, bro, what does he call us adulterers? Well, 1 John 2 and 15. I'm not going to be here but a second with you guys. He says, love not the world, neither things uh, which are in the world. Right? That's going to read it. Let's, let's, let's bring some proof to it. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right? So for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. See, the world is going to pass away. All this stuff that we're lusting after, all these things that causes us to be too busy to spend time in the Word of God, to spend time with God. And, you know, we go do our religious service on Sunday and Monday, I mean, Wednesday, and, and we say, okay, well, we're good, God. I mean, really, just think about it. If you only spent time with your spouse, your kids, your friends, or whoever, um, twice a, a, twice a, a, a week or sometimes once a year or just on holidays or 
um, especially with your spouse and those that's really close to you, it's going to put a real strain on those relationships. It says, um, 17, he says the world is going to pass away. So while we, so let's not be so busy. Let's not get caught up chasing after the things of this world. Let's not be so busy. We have to be busy about the father's business. He says, and the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Why? Because to do the will of God, it's a daily walk. It's not just a Sunday walk or Wednesday walk. It's an everyday lifestyle. He says, but he who does the will of God abides forever. You know, the word of the Lord says that many have departed from the faith uh, and pierced their souls with many sorrows, chasing behind riches, chasing behind money. But what profit is it? What profit is it if to gain the whole world when we die, we lose our soul? I'm not speaking against money. I'm talking about the chase. Do you understand the chase? The only thing that we should be chasing after is God. You know, the word of the Lord says this, um, Matthew's tells us to seek first, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every day. Therefore, seek ye first the, um, the kingdom. Therefore, seek ye first Matthew 6, 33. This is why I get up and do what I do, but I don't know how long the Lord is going to have me come on Facebook live, right? I was just, um, just there's an urgency to just try to encourage people to come back to God because people don't realize they don't understand when we don't understand that God and his word is one. We don't see the importance of it. But honestly, you be most Christians don't read the word of the Lord. We don't. We're living off of yesterday manner. And most people that teach, teach to teach uh, study to teach, not study to live. I don't know about you, but I, I've studied the word to live. That's why I study. I studied I studied the word of God to live, to live Christ like. And and you know, when we get the revelation that God and his word is one, and, and the way we spend time with God is when we spend time in his word. Uh, the way we spend time with God is not just when you go to a building on Sunday and Wednesday. We should be spending time with the Lord daily, all throughout the day. He said, pray without ceasing, right? It, yes, it's very intense because you know what? The world around us is very intense. And the word of the Lord says the, the, um, the way to him is narrow. The way to him is narrow. So I am encouraging you like the Lord encourages me to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to put God first by spending time with him daily. A lot of us are, you know, we're well-versed, and so we're living off of yesterday's manners, manner, but to say that we're getting up and we're reading the word and we're, I can't, I can't, I don't know everybody. But a lot of people I talk, when we don't see the importance of God's word, we don't see the importance of God. How can we know where we're going or what we're doing if we don't acknowledge him in all our ways so he can direct our path? Grown people don't see a need for parental guidance. Grown people do what they want to do. 31, uh, Matthew 6, 31, he says, um, 
Matthew 6, 30. Um, let me see. Let me read the whole thing. Let me read the whole thing. Um, I'm going to do it real quick. Let me um, let me go with 619. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them. This is Jesus speaking. And where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So I like to tell people, that our heart is connected to our hand. He said, wherever your treasure is. So if you want to know where your heart is, look at where your treasure is. Look at the thing that you treasure the most. Where man's money is, that's where his heart is. We invest in whatever our heart is into. Is our heart into the things of the Lord? Then we'll invest into the things of the Lord. Is our heart into the Lord? Then we'll invest our time, giving God some of our time. 22, it says your eyes is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eyes is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eyes is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No man can serve two masters. Verse 24, Matthew's um, 6, 24. This is Jesus speaking. He said, no man can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Which, whatever it is that you're devoted to, that's the God you're serving. There's no condemnation. But whatever it is that takes the place of God in our life has become the God of our life. Where man treasure is, Jesus is saying this, Matthew 6. Where man treasure is, that's where his heart is also. And whatever we're devoted to, listen, the longer we stay away from the things of God, the further we stray away from God. When you find yourself no longer desiring the word of God, no, no longer desiring the things of God. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about just going to the a building because we have people in the building that's backslidden. You know, the word of the Lord says, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is so far from me. You're going through the emo you're going through the motions. Yeah, you're still showing up for choir rehearsal. You still preaching and teaching, but listen, but I'm, I'm I see your heart. And your heart is so far from me. You've lost your desire for the things of God. You lost your fire for the word of God. So what is it that causes us? Let, let me finish reading this. He said, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, he said, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. And you know, the thing that gets me is like, if everybody's, if we say that we Christians, we should be able to talk about the Lord, but you, we have to spend time with the Lord to want to talk about the Lord, right? So, you know, we can't, you know, when we find ourselves discussing more of the world news than God's news, because honestly speaking, God's word would tell us what's going to happen in the world. Um, and when we see things happening in the world and we'll spend time with the word, we'll be able to look at what's going on in the world to say this is that. 
This is that. This is what the Lord prophesied. This is that. This is what the Lord was talking about when he said evil men will grow worse. Men will become lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Children will be disobedient to the parents. So when we read the prophetic word and then we see the things that's going on in the world, we're not amazed. We're not caught off guard. Why? Because we've been spending time with our Abba Father and he has already showed us beforehand these things to come. Right? He was trying to tell the, his, his, his disciples what was going to happen to him. He was giving them a heads up. He was letting them know he was gonna, um, they was going to crucify him. He was giving them a heads up on what was going to happen. And so I like to tell people that life really does come with the manual. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. It's the word of the living God. So have you lost your fire for God? Have you lost your hunger for the word of God? Have you, and I, I'm not just talking about showing up shouting and running here and there and then we go, okay, well then I'll do it again Wednesday or I'll do it again Sunday. Listen, going to the building doesn't make us a believer. Going to the building doesn't make us Christians. Just like they say parking a car in a garage doesn't, um, you standing in a garage don't make you a car. All right. I just want to encourage you, exhort you, and remind you that God and his word is one. And when we're spending time with the word of God, we're spending time with God. So Jesus said, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Because either God, Jesus is your Lord, or money is your Lord. And and this is why... The, the, Jesus said, listen, I am the good shepherd. I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, but it's the thief that cometh not, but the steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. It's the thief that cometh not. And when people love money, they will lie, cheat, steal, and kill to get it. He, money is not evil. I'm not teaching against money. I'm just saying put God first and God will provide you with whatever it is that you need. He is the one that gives us the power to get the wealth. He gives us the witty inventions, the witty inventions, the, the little flying saucer thing. God gave somebody the, that witty invention to invent that. You know, anything and everything that's good that you see, God gave man the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding to be able to, to create it. The devil takes what God created and put a twist on it. It was God that gave man the wisdom, the knowledge to create internet and computers and all this kind of stuff. But the purpose of it is, as for us as believers, is to pre- use it to preach the gospel to, in all the world, to encourage others in all the world. Well, this is a big body. We're m- many members, but it's one body. Right, we got sisters and brothers all over the you know, all over the world, and this is just another way we can connect. It says you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Twenty five. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? It's more to life than this. If these are the things, if this is what we live for. The things, the food, the nat- if this is all we live for, the natural food, the clothes, the materialistic things of this world. He said life is more than this because when we leave this earth, ain't none of this stuff going with us. You can put all the jewelry, all the expensive clothes, all, everything on this dead body. But guess what? 
when you go back in that coffin, it's going to be ate away. The clothes, little pieces of the clothes going to be in there. The body going to be done turned back to dust because the spirit going to leave the body. The rings you put on their fingers are still going to be in that coffin because we can't take none of this stuff with us. So why not seek first the kingdom of God, eternal life, things which are above, and God will give us those things that he has for us. He don't want us chasing after the resource, the sources, the resources. He wants us to chase after the source. He said, listen here, verse 26. He said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your, they, don't, they don't hoard stuff. He says, for your heavenly father feeds them. God provides for them daily. He gives them daily bread, right? Like he wants to take care of us every single day. He says, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? We're more valuable to God than the birds in the air that he feeds. We're more valuable to God. We're we're created in his image and likeness. The Lord is saying, listen here, just chase after me. Everything that you need is in me. Your life is complete in Jesus Christ. Everything that we need to succeed is in him. And when we're not chasing after God, it takes us away from God. When we're not chasing after God, it takes us away from God. What is? What are you in pursuit of? What are you chasing after? What is it that have your focus? The thing that has your focus is the thing that will lead your life. What, what, what is it that has your focus? Verse 27, he said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worrying about these things that God has, that God has already promised to give us Worrying does not add to your life. Worrying takes away from your life. (laughs) Because our emotions affect our physical health. Worrying and stressing on all that stuff leads to anxiety, fear, heart attacks, right? All kinds of illnesses. Worrying does not add to your life. Worrying takes away from your life. 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Because when we lose faith in the Lord, we start chasing after the things of the world. When we stop believing that God will provide, we start thinking that we have to take care of ourselves. When you say, yes, we have a part to play. I'm not saying faith without works is dead. But we need to make sure that we're on his work assignment and not on our own work assignment. Because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain anyway. It's going to come to naught. Listen, we make money don't make us We make the money. We don't chase after the things of the world. We don't chase after the resources. We chase after the source. I hear some people say, listen, I like to go straight to the main person. We don't have to chase after the things of this world. And at the end of the day, we just die like a dead dog because our life didn't mean anything to anyone. We didn't touch anyone's life. We didn't help anyone. We didn't lead anyone to Jesus Christ. There's no condemnation. But what I'm saying is the provisions of God are in the will of God. What is it that's got us so busy? Jesus used to say to his disciples, he said, can you just tarry with me 
for one hour, just one hour. And he would come back and they would be asleep. God knows that, you know, that they're flesh and blood men. But he also looking for it because he's looking for a dedication. We're patient. We're long-suffering. We have the fruits of the Spirit in us. And we will allow them to live outside of us, live through us. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. This is what the world worry about. They worry about these things. They worry about where their food going to come from, what we going to drink. That was, that's, what, that's a carnal mind. That's what unbelievers worry about. He said, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And verse 33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. Listen, when we get our life in alignment, he says, seek the kingdom above everything else and live righteously. He said, live. And he will give you everything you need. Why? Because the provisions of God are in the will of God. So when when our life is in alignment with God, we're in the, everything we need is going to be added unto us because we're, we're, we're following after him. Alignment is everything. When you get in alignment, everything that's attached to you has to line up too. You know, some people are sin sick. Healing, when we get in alignment, healing, everything that belongs to us. Because when we're out of alignment, we're, we open ourselves up to a curse. When I'm not walking in fellowship with God, when I'm walking in disobedience with God, then I'm yielding my members to unrighteousness and I'm on the dark side. I've opened myself up to the curse, even though I've been redeemed from the curse. When we walk outside of fellowship with the Lord, Jesus said, if we say that we have fellowship with him, yet we still walk in darkness, we are a lie and the truth is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. What does it to mean to have fellowship? To have fellowship with God means to walk in obedience and in agreement with God. We cannot walk in submission to God. We cannot walk in fellowship with God if we do not walk in submission to God. He's saying, listen here. What is it, Martha? What is it? You're, so, you're distracted by so many things. Listen, when we put God first, he see that everything else that we need is provided to us. If you need more time during your day, spending time with God is not going to cause you to lose time. Spending time with God, he's going to make sure that you have time to do whatever he needs for you to do. He said, 34, he says, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. It has enough worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those things that we feel like is so important because that job's going to be there if you die tomorrow. Those things are going to... So why not use our life to serve Jesus Christ? Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, but every single day. So I, I, I encourage you, the word of the Lord said that we are the light of the world. I'm Okay, and we're the salt of the earth, but the salt loses flavor. We're good for nothing. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged, and um, let's just pray for each other and encourage each other. And remember that when we're spending time with God's word, we're spending time with God. Till tomorrow.